Airport Return Chronicles. Yes, guess what's back? The podcast is back. Will there be any changes to the podcast in any of its incarnations? Not really. Um, I was kind of trying to explain to Eamon that, like, I'm going to try and go for quality over quantity. So there might be less podcasting posts, and I might re-listen to the podcast a little bit and be like, hmm, that's actually not a great one, and delete it. Say, if I just go on, you know, an impromptu rant about feminism, you know, that's just rambling and meandering, maybe I, maybe I shouldn't post that. <laughs> maybe we should only have elite level content all the time. However, that can also be a disincentive for me to podcast. Podcast is a verb now. A disincentive for me to podcast. Because, uh, you know, I'm expecting, the bar is so high, and I'm expecting only high level podcasting out of myself and then I end up just never ever podcasting perfection Bob Bertella once said game is not a game of perfection I'm gonna paraphrase that and say podcasting is not a endeavor of perfection there we go coming from live from my favorite cafe here in Da Nang got about 15 hours sleep last night now it's like the late afternoon and I'm like well it's kind of guilt free to be honest it's kind of guilt free fuck it I'm entitled to a 15 hour sleep from time to time on the back of a 36 hour flight it's kind of can't help but compare when I first came over here nearly four years ago and when I get over here on this occasion it's like how much different my approach is first start I've got Bella Bay meeting me at the airport I've got my apartment set up, my bike will be returned, I know all the places to go, I have a good core of friends over here, and I'm infinitely better set up than when I was originally. That's without mentioning my jobs and contacts and, you know, stuff I've already set up. But in some respects, it's just, it's just great to be back, to be honest. Sun is shining and lovely cafe sewer for about one euro. Might go for a swim soon. You are, fellas. Quality content, you said. Casey, you just said quality content there. You just kind of, you know, chatting in general terms about your life. That's not quality content. We want substance. I understand that. I do understand that. Which leads me nicely into Airport Return Chronicles. My last post was uh, relating to the airport. This, this occasion, I'm going to... I'm going to reference my return trip. None of this Scoot Airlines carry on. This was a more professional outfit. I flew Dublin to Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi to Bangkok. Bangkok to Da Nang. Yeah, 30, 36 hours. I think in the grand scheme of things, I got a pretty good price. About four, no, six, 650, I'd say, total, euro. Which in this day and age, well, one way, one way, six fifty. It's not a bargain, but I don't know. I kind of just paid it because that's what you have to do. Shopped around considerably, and that's the, that's the best I could do. Had to be back by September because of work, and as such, that was the route I went. Etihad, flew Etihad for most of it, and then Thai via jet, which would be like a bargain bash Ryanair for the last little leg home. That's only like a two-hour flight. Do you know what I realise about myself? 
I really like airports, which is, you know, not a common thing to say. It's it's commonplace to just criticize airports, and I just, but I, I, I try and be as honest with myself as I possibly can be. Here's another shock revelation. I think I don't really like Irish pubs. <laughs> yeah, that's my current stance. I think I don't like the four provinces. Yeah, controversial. Well, I don't really enjoy myself, maybe. It's probably, it's all on me, like, I get other people really like pubs, and... But I, like I say, I can only really be honest with myself. And I just don't, I don't like that loud, shouty pub atmosphere. Especially if it's kind of wooden floors and hard walls, and it's kind of echoing, I can't really hear that well. My hearing's a lot different to other people's. I've gone into that in detail before. And it's, for the most part, a curse. Not the worst curse in the world, but these are just in keeping with, these are just my beliefs, these are just things I believe. I'm like, you know what, of all the pub buzzes I had since I'm back, none of them are kind of standout memorable. Other than the Dame Tavern, I don't really miss any pub, I don't really think about pubs. Just to kind of like, being kind of drunky and just, you know, just kind of brain a little bit scrambled by alcohol and, you know, trying to chat to people in a loud environment. I kind of find I don't really enjoy that anymore. Not all the time, but mm, it's more on me. It's just that it's more a case of they don't suit me, I would say. But contrary to that, airports. I think I really like airports. I like I like when you go through the gate and you've no you've no Wi-Fi, and you've done all your things. You've been stressing about your passport and you know your visa and your vaccine passport and getting there on time and how long is this queue and how long is this going to take and where's my passport and just all the things going just that just like build up to making a long haul trip any trip really have I got all the things I need did I remember to pack everything where's my passport just a perennial state of where's my passport where's my wallet where's my phone once you get through the gates and you realise I think I think everything's okay I think I think all is well. Then you kind of are able to just switch off and just let the mind wander. Which is something we so rarely do. One of the reasons I stopped listening to music when out jogging, not that I go on any considerable jogs, but like, I just like letting the mind wander. It's like, oh yeah, it's just, just me and the internal monologue. Okay. I'm glad I didn't experience any trauma as a child and, you know, I'm not running from any inner emotions. I'm just it's like, oh yeah, me and, me and, me and the internal monologue. Just, yeah, what, what's he wearing? What are the best clothes to wear? For me, I try to wear comfortable clothes on a long haul flight. I know I look like a bit of a bum. I've got my, like, Penny's XXL bum pants on and just a plain white t-shirt. Like, everything is for function. But, has that, like... Are people trying to look stylish on these long-haul flights? Look what that guy's wearing. That guy's got a tie. He's really scruffy. He's about my age. He's got a beard and long hair. He looks a bit scruffy. He's also got hand tattoos, which are minging if you ask me. I think I'm going off tattoos, by the way. But just like most... I'd say most tattoos are don't really... They're kind of coloured tattoos. I don't really like them. But hand tattoos, neck tattoos face tattoos, you'd want your fucking head examined. But, you know, people look like whatever they look like. 
But come back to it, why is he wearing a tie? How does he look like that and wear a tie? Why are you wearing a tie on a long haul flight? Ah, oh, she's pretty hot, isn't she? Oh yeah, I wonder where she's from. I wonder where she's, I wonder if she'd be on my flight. Imagine if I was sitting beside her. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure my days of getting women like that are gone now. And you know, I have a girlfriend and I'm, I'm happy for that girl. I hope she does well in life. <laughs> These are example of the internal monologue. Who buys perfume? This stuff is way over expensive. Who's buying all this stuff? Like I've, I'm pretty much just like, you know, laboring over decisions as to, should I buy something here? Should I eat now? What should I eat? What's healthy? I'll spend way more time deliberating over food than, than is a normal amount of time deliberating over it. Because I'm in the airport and I'm kind of bored. I should probably do something productive like read a book. But, you know, my Roy Keane biography is, is is a hardback and I wasn't able to bring it with me, so I've no Wi-Fi. Um, you know, I could probably use my time a little better than this, but, like, I'm going to guilt-free... I'm going to guilt-free just deliberate over this food decision for 45 minutes. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do that, just to kill some time. That's what it is. That's at the core of it. You know, I'm just kind of wandering around the shops, like, kind of just, like... I'm not really gonna buy anything here, but I'm just kind of looking at the prices and you know this has changed. Oh yeah, out of the bar here. Oh, I get a point. Oh, I might get a point. I get a point. I wasn't thinking about a point at all. I could definitely justify getting a point now. Then in the end, I just kind of decide against it because it's half seven in the morning and I'm gonna be up for the next thirty hours. I don't I don't need a point. I just want a point because that guy in there has a point. It's probably overpriced anyway. It's nice to it's nice to just you know, if if I was in Dundrum Town Centre, to give it that awful title, like I would hate being in Dundrum Town Centre. I'm pretty much in Dundrum Town Centre now in Dublin Airport and I'm not bothered at all by it because there's not somewhere else I should be. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm not supposed to be anywhere else. I think it's that kind of I have a like a large Part of me like always thinks I should be somewhere else. I remember Colin Keegan saying when he's writing, the, the only it's the only time he doesn't feel like he should be doing something else. Dublin Street Power, Colin Keegan. The only time I feel like I shouldn't be doing something else. Love that. And I feel the same way about departure lounges. Delighted with the uh, in-flight entertainment. They didn't have a lot, but they did have the Many Saints of Newark which is the film that came out, the David Chase film, the prequel film of The Sopranos, which has been high on my list of things to watch, even though I haven't heard anything about it, which would suggest it's not very good. But I'm like, I'm gonna, I have to watch something. I'm on this plane. I'm going to guilt-free watch this, just out of curiosity. Manny was sitting beside me, and uh, he was watching Batman. Manny was... Uh, Kind of half Pakistani Dublin guy. You know, he's kind of, I don't know, he's like from Dublin with a Dublin accent, but he was, his final destination was Pakistan because he was going over to uh, meet his future bride from an arranged marriage. We got happy enough to chat to Manny, but then after a while I was like, okay, I'm going to stop talking to you now. <laughs> not only because I wanted to watch The Manny Saints of Newark, and indeed three episodes of Sopranos from season one that they have 
all of which I did watch, by the way. But just because Manny was kind of like, okay, this guy's not going to stop talking. I was definitely interested to hear about his arranged marriage. Don't get me wrong. He went to Black Rock College. His father died a few years ago. And him and all his family are going over to Pakistan to, you know, meet his arranged marriage wife. <laughs> Just like a normal Dublin lad and his normal Dublin lad mates, except kind of darker and obviously of, you know, some sort of Pakistani ethnicity. He told me, uh, <laughs> told me an amazing story. He went to the big monologue about DC Comics and Batman and comparing DC Comics to Marvel Comics, which held my attention for a while, but then I realized I don't give a fuck at all about DC Comics or Marvel Comics or the movie franchises that have entailed. But uh, he happened to mention that um, he went to Blackrock College. And then he was talking to me and this other guy whose name I didn't get, he was a bit older. And the other guy lived in New Zealand and really knew his rugby. And I, I don't really know my rugby, but I can, I can spoof it with rugby. For some reason, because Frank's a rugby fan, I kind of used to be a rugby fan. I'm not not a rugby fan anymore, but I just I don't know. I haven't kept up with it in a few years. Anyway, Manny was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know if you guys know about uh, Blackrock College, but uh, I went to Blackrock College, and uh, you know, Brian Driscoll went there, and uh, you know, rugby. It's like it's a huge school. It's a, it's a huge rugby school. And uh, guess what? I saw I saw Brian Driscoll one time, and I was in town. I was like, oh, Brian Driscoll, and I went up to him, and I knew who he was, but he he didn't know who I was, and I went up to him. And I, and I shook his hand, and uh, I went, Brian, you're a fucking legend. And he just he just looked at me and said, thanks. <laughs> that was Manny's story about meeting Brian Driscoll. I think it was around that point I said, okay, I'm going to stop talking to Manny now. Then me and the other guy started going on a big like chat about um, Richie McCaw, the former All Blacks captain, who he had rubbed shoulders with a couple of times. That all went over Manny's head. They thought it was also funny because Manny brought up rugby and, you know, was going on about Blackrock College and the rugby culture there. But once he brought it up, he kind of was out of his depth because me and this other guy were chatting about Richie McCaw in a lot of detail. <laughs> and Manny was sitting between the two of us. Probably, probably highlight of the first flight. Highlight of the second flight, which is like the long haul flight from Abu Dhabi to Bangkok. This was only yesterday, but it feels like just a distant, distant memory. It's like you're just in this other world when you're in these airports doing these transfers and you're just in a departure lounge and you're just queuing up. It's a perennial state of queuing up and making sure you have your passport with you. Shit, where's the passport? Highlight of the second flight was... It was in the middle row. You only have like three, three seats on the left row, three in the middle, three on the right row, I suppose. I had like the middle row, but I had it all to myself. And I couldn't see any other vacant seats on the entire flight. And I had like a full row to myself. This hit the absolute jackpot. This happened on uh, my Scoot Airlines flight only a few months ago, where I just had the whole row to myself. Just, I don't know. I seem to just get lucky with, in, these, in this respect. I believe that I always, always choose the wrong lane when it comes to being in a queue. If I'm in super value and there are two queues, I'll look at it for a good 10 seconds and try and work out which will be the fastest one, but I'll always get it wrong. Any queue I ever join is the wrong queue. That's my, that's my kryptonite. But my superpower is, for some reason, I, for some reason I get lucky on planes having rows to myself. 
there was a moment when I was in the queue to uh, to check in, and uh, one of the air, air hostesses from behind the desk kind of comes up and she goes, anyone flying alone? Anyone flying alone? And she kind of looked at me and like looked in my general direction. And because I was fucking half asleep, I I didn't I didn't speak up and say, yeah, I'm alone. And the girl beside me goes, yeah, yeah, I'm alone, I'm alone. And she goes, yeah, come with me, please, come with me, please. And she brought her down to the business class desk. I was like, I, I think, I think I missed an opportunity there. I think that person is getting bumped up the first class. And because I'm fucking slow, I didn't seize that opportunity. But the airport authority gods, they seem to, they seem to acknowledge that and gave the entire road to myself on the flight anyway. Made my way through those Sopranos episodes and started watching the Many Saints of Newark again. <laughs> there was a bit of a standoff. It was kind of like, okay, I have this road to myself. I'm gonna like pull up the pull up the armchair rests and lie down and make that my bed. I've hit the fucking jackpot. However, one little fly in the ointment is the just the amount of times the captain seems to alarmingly hit the fasten seatbelt sign. This is kind of standoff between me and the air hostesses. Whereby as soon as that fasten seatbelt sign goes up with just a tiny little just a tiny little murmur in the plane, you are so fucking high in the sky. Every now and again you're like, fuck, am I in the am I one of those really, really high up planes? Jono's really, Jono's just a plane, I look at a plane, but like, oh, there's a plane up there. That is so high up. I was one of them, and that alarms me. But usually it's not a problem. The only problem arises is when the captain is like, all right, tiny little, tiny little rumble there, better turn on the fastened seatbelt sign for the next 30 minutes. He definitely fucking forgets about it. Do you know that, like, pilots, like have a bed and go asleep during these long-haul flights. Remember investigating that Air France crash back in, I don't know, 2012? Which was pretty much one of those long-haul flights and no one knows what happened, it, but, you know, it crashed. I remember learning that then. It's like, the pilot, like, has a bed and he goes to sleep. Now, I'm sure there's a co-pilot who overtakes the situation. But I couldn't help but thinking that when that fucking fastened seatbelt sign was still on. And I'm like... I've been woken up by the air steward and now I'm just like sitting upright with my blanket and not allowed to lie down because I have to have my seatbelt on and at a certain point I was like fuck this this is bullshit I'm taking my seatbelt off and I'm lying down then I get woken up again by like I don't know an hour later by the air stewardess because it's fastened seatbelts, you have to have your seatbelt on. And at this stage, I can't really, she already told me once, I can't really, can you pretend I didn't know? The other way, like, you can get away with a lot of things by just pretending you didn't know. Oh, I didn't know. Pleading ignorance. You can't really do that if she's already told you to fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> like, she knows I'm going out of my way to, to break the rules there, because, and she's probably thinking, fair enough, I'd want to break the fucking rules if I were him too. Like, he has an entire row. There's no need for that fasten seatbelt sign on. Captain's probably forgotten, I'd say. 
and this prick is just deliberately breaking the rules. He's like, he's not defying me, he's just defying the absurdity of like that seatbelt sign being on when we all know it shouldn't really be on. It's overkill. Bella Bay ringing me there. Don't know if you caught that last bit, but I'm gonna wrap it up because we're up to 20 minutes now. Final flight was just me, like, final flight, I knew the final flight, the two hour one. I knew that would be the hardest flight because you kind of like, when you get to Bangkok, you're like, I am pretty much there now. That's usually when you get shafted. That's usually when something happens. So I was kind of mentally prepared for that. The bit that's supposed to be the easy bit will be the difficult bit. Bet you that'll happen. Luckily, I had acknowledged that early on and I did get a little unlucky in that I was sitting like in between this family of young Italians and they were just making a fucking racket. And then I like swiftly changed seats because there was loads of spare seats. And you know, the air stewardess was like, you're not allowed to change seats. I was like, what? I had to sit in beside all these fucking wops. That was my final flight. Anyway, good to be back. They are my airport chronicles. As I sit with my Cafe Sua Saigon. It's 20 past four now. Sun is shining. I will bid you fellas adieu. You are fellas.